This is Minutia Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. All right, so I had like the weirdest dream last night. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'll post the label from the edibles yeah. that I had the <laughs> okay. night the, 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 right before I went to bed. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I think you, I might be able to classify this as a nightmare. Really? Like, oh, yeah. So this is the dream. I was sitting on a couch, and Donald Trump was to my right. Oh, my okay. gosh. And we were at some party. It was, you know, nice. Yeah. You know, it was just a party. Everybody was enjoying themselves. And then I noticed we were watching the election returns for 2024. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I don't think he's going to invite you to that. <laughs> and he wins. And I, I so, yeah, okay. so he wins. Yeah. And I give my hand to him. I go, hey, congratulations. You know, whatever. He goes, oh, thanks, whatever. And I go, and, and I had the presence of mind mm-hmm. to ask him if he wanted to be a guest on our podcast. Really? I mean, he's the president-elect, yeah. right? So I go, hey, would you mind, you know, I want to have this podcast. We're a top 1% in the world, you know. <laughs> Some people say this is the best podcast ever. So I basically lied. You know, went in Rome, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. And he said he would. He would come on the show, but he would only do it if we would have his friend Darla, who was sitting to his right, um, on Who, the sh- who's Darla? I, well, hold on, okay. uh, Darla. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And, and she, have her on as well at another time. It doesn't have to be the interview with Donald Trump. Okay, but she has a crocheting podcast called Needle and Thread. <laughs> I, I, I am not making this up. Okay, and I'm like, sure, done. No okay. problem, right? Well, what are we going to ask her about? Well, I, I can't believe you just said that because I then leave the party and call you oh. and I say, I just landed President Trump. The only caveat is that we have to have this woman named Darla. And then you're like, exactly what you just say. What What the hell are we going to ask the crochet lady? And you're like, no way. I'm not going to do this. And I start defending my choice. I'm like, I, I'm like he's the president. He's the he's president. like the most famous person in the right, world. Right. And you're just like, no, we're not having the crochet lady. And you started to do this. What I, I'm like, and I started to, I started to, you know, try to uh-huh. state my case. You go, eh. You would do the, you would do the game show buzzer. Eh. Eh, come on, Rick. Eh. And I, so I wake wow, up. Wow, that, that is that is a very realistic <laughs> dream. And I wake up, <laughs> and I woke up actually to our alarm. I wish the alarm would have been an eh, eh, but yeah, it's not. It would have been a better uh, story. And it took me like 45 seconds to realize that it was a dream, and I was pissed at you. <laughs> For like forty five wow, seconds. Wow, that is quite a, a glimpse into your brain. Well, that, and the uh, that story right in the and the wana edibles that I had yeah. the night before too, and uh, pretty accurate portrayal of our relationship. <laughs> I, I <laughs> but we're not that. gonna have the crochet lady. I'm not stupid. <laughs> ah, Minutia man is up next. Uh. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. And you know what the weirdest part of the dream is? What's that? You don't use a needle and thread for crochet. Oh. So that podcast title is stupid. Wow. <laughs> right. So so you're not as clever as you think you are in your dreams. Well, that's uh, that's quite a story. Do you have you have stories that like are uh, real stories that take place in the news? I do. Okay. I do. Well, I'd like to hear that. Uh, this, I, I think I know the answer to this question. I'm not sure. Have you ever met a grumpy old German woman? Um, let me think about that for a second. <laughs> uh, in fact, would grumpy old German women be your like? What would be your, your four or five Jeopardy categories that you would just nail? You know, I will say this: the the German ladies. Usually not as grumpy as the German men. Right. 
But you've uh, met your yeah, share. Oh yeah, grumpy plenty, old, grumpy old. Plenty, plenty. Of well, I think I may have found the grumpiest German woman in history. Okay. Okay. Last week in Mannheim, Germany. Have you ever been to Mannheim? Mannheim. Mannheim. Yes. It's like twenty minutes away from Heidelberg. So last week in Mannheim, Germany, a seventy-two-year-old German woman. They redacted her name. Okay. Let's just call her Helga. Okay. okay. No relation to my mom, who was a lovely woman who had a very sunny disposition 24-7. But Helga had been arrested after she allegedly switched off a hospital roommate's ventilator twice because she was annoyed by the sound that it made. I told the machine to be quiet. Right. But I, I asked her to shut it off. Well, ma'am, Helga, she's in a coma. She, she did not listen. <laughs> so the woman was jailed on suspicious of attempted manslaughter following the incident. Uh-huh. Listen to this. Police and prosecutors, prosecutors said in a statement that the suspect is alleged to have switched off a 79-year-old yep. woman's ventilator. And despite being told by the staff that it was vital for the patient, she switched it off again so they switched her to off she switched it off once they left her in the room with with, helga, with bertha Hel- listen helga you you have to not do anything more to that machine right right just let, let it oh but yeah. this is a hum yeah. can you hear the hum it's, it's, it's beeping it's just beeping so so uh good news um bertha yeah whatever the wish she's gonna be fine great chin yeah uh helga is in jail Oh, okay. So I guess even in Germany, you can't shut off a ventilator. <laughs> and my apologies to Bertha, but uh, that machine must be quiet. <laughs> Why do you have it on nine? <laughs> Put it on one. It'll be fine. So this actually reminds me of a story. Oh, okay. Do you remember when I had my colonoscopy and I ended up in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah, yeah almost you. died. You had the fake heart attack. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I went into AFib. For the listeners, yeah. I mean, I've only told this story like 13 times uh-huh. on the podcast. So I went into AFib. Right before my colonoscopy, and for those of you who don't know what AFib is, your heart just goes very, very fast. Okay. So anyways, I go get my colonoscopy, and they rush me to the ER, and then they rush me, you know, after they stabilize me, they rush me into the the heart ward. Yeah. Right? A um, couple things. First of all, I hadn't eaten in like 30 hours, you know, because okay. of the colonoscopy. Guess what they gave me for my meal there? I don't know. It was a cheeseburger, potato chips, and the biggest piece of cheesecake I had ever seen. Okay. In the heart ward. (laughs) I see what you're saying. They're prospecting for new business, obviously, right? (laughs) I was thinking colonoscopy. No, Uh, but this is is in the heart room. But but it was a fake heart attack. Arguably. Okay, (laughs) yes. Touche. But I remember being there. And, you know, have you ever spent a night in the hospital? Uh, No, I don't think I have. Um, You don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Obviously, they're constantly coming in, taking your temperature and whatever. And I finally got to sleep, I remember. And then I hear on the intercom, yeah, code blue 1710, code blue 1710 or whatever it was. And I'm like, my first thought is like, why do you have to blast that for everybody to hear? You know, I'm trying to get some sleep here. So, yeah. So the code blue is definitely. Yeah. You must be quiet. <laughs> Uh, well, I have uh, a story for you, and this is kind of a story that uh, that you and I will be telling as often as your AFib mm-hmm. fake heart attack story. Uh, last week, author Chelsea Banning was filled with excitement ahead of her first book signing. And, oh, it's and, a big deal for authors, oh, right? She, uh, this was in Ashtabula, Ohio. It was the first opportunity for a debut author's friends to hear about her book, and she was very excited about it. She uh, invited all of her friends. 37 people responded online and said they would attend. <laughs> Two. 
Only two people came to my author signing, so I was pretty bummed out about it, she posted on Twitter. Kind of upset, honestly, and a little embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I get it. Sure. Uh, But she didn't feel down for too long, and this is the great part of this story. Superstar authors from around the world started telling her her their stories about book signings they had gone to that were also complete, complete flops. Margaret Atwood, the uh, the author of The Handmaid's Tale, one of the biggest yeah, sure. selling books ever. Made a movie, right? Or a TV, yeah, a, a TV series. Yeah. Long running. Joined the club, she said. I did a signing to which nobody came except a guy who wanted to buy some scotch tape and thought <laughs> I was the help. <laughs> Best-selling horror author Stephen King replied, at my first Salem's Lot signing, I had one customer, a fat kid, who said, hey, bud, do you know where there's some Nazi books? <laughs> Neil Gaiman uh, shared a memory of signing in New York with fellow writer Terry Pratchett. Nobody came at all, so you're two up on us, he wrote. One day author David Nichols added his memories. Oh boy, too many to share. The one where the bookshop bookshop staff kindly pretended to be customers so I wouldn't feel too bad. That's the one that stays with me. Now... I saw this on Twitter before yeah. it was in the post, and I also posted a couple of stories. And uh, and I've told these stories on the show. Today, in fact, only stories we've told before. It's not going to be that hard. Um, the Tony Curtis story, right. Right. which is when I went to interview Tony Curtis at his book signing, and I was the only person right. there. Right. And if you remember, a few weeks ago, we got a uh, email from a listener who went to a Lee Iacocca book right, signing right, up right. in Michigan yeah. somewhere. And, no, no, right. No right. one was there. Right. Yeah. And he didn't go there for the book signing. He just happened to be there. Uh, so this is a very common thing. We just want to put the word out there. And um, and if you're feeling bad for these authors, keep in mind that this Sunday, December 11th, <laughs> I've got a book signing for back in the DDR. Uh, it's at the uh, Frisbee Center in Des Plaines at 52 East Northwest Highway. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that you don't allow me to feel the kind of well, pain and anguish that these other authors have. Felt. You're going to have to get there early for parking, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's sold out, right? Please don't do this to me. Please. Uh, My um, friends, I had literally looked up how many people have said they were coming. Hmm. 37. <laughs> so we'll number. have two. Same number. Yeah. Um, I remember. So as it's kind of unrelated or sort of. So Lila was, I can't remember the woman's name. She was like a, TikTok star type thing, and uh, we went to Naperville. She, Gail something or another, I think is what it was, and um, I, I, I that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know, we don't have to get there early. You know, it's it starts from four to seven or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what? It's Naperville. It'll be fine. I've been to a hundred of these book signings. No one's gonna show up, right? right. There was a line like <laughs> out the door, and we we waited in this. No, they were even giving like tickets. Oh. You know, for to, and we ended up finally getting it. And I talked to her for a second. I go, look, I'm a pumpkin. This is unbelievable. How you know how many people you have? And she looks at me and goes, my brother's an author. No one ever shows up. To it. Yeah. So yeah, just go on TikTok. Do a funny dance on uh, TikTok, Rick, and you'll end up Sunday, it. December 11th, two to five p.m. The Frisbee Center in Des Plaines, 52 East Northwest Highway. So you know who may be there? Who's a big fan? Who? Uh, PD11. Who's PD11? I don't know, but on Podbean. They wrote, Rick and Dave make my morning walks fun. Perfect length, always witty and engaging. So thank you, PD11. Um, Tell PD11 where again that book signing is going to be. 
Um, it's uh, two to five p.m. Sunday, PD eleven, uh, December eleventh at the Frisbee Center in Des Plaines, fifty two East Northwest yeah. Highway. The, the book is called Back in the DDR, mm-hmm. PD eleven. So if you want to go uh, online, if you don't want to come yeah. to the book signing, right. you can buy it online too. Yeah, at, you don't like crowds. Yeah, dot com. All right. Anyway, um, you can rate us. You can review us. You can follow us. If you like uh, Minutia Men, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. And remember that opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. Time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. You know who's not coming to your book signing? Who? Darla the Crochet Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Well, neither is Neil Innes, mm-hmm. uh, whose yeah. birthday would have been this week. Neil Innes was uh, a, uh, a a major contributor to the Monty oh, Python yeah. lore. Um, and The we, Ruddles? He was in The Ruddles. And he was just uh, a funny guy, Delightful a great guy. guy. We met him. We had him on the show in 2017 when we filled in for Bob Surratt on WLS Radio. And uh, since this would be his birthday this week, we thought it'd be a nice time to go in the studio walls and play a, a mm-hmm. section from that. So here we go. Neil Innes is here. Hello. Mark Hudson is here. <laughs> hello. 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 And Denny Lane are here. Howdy. And we are we are just so excited that you're here. Thank you. Now, I know you've had kind of a busy morning. You've been uh, playing songs and traveling all over the town here. Um, it's but, a beautiful town, by the way. Uh, do you like it? it? I love Chicago. I always have. I love it. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm going to take credit for the city. Yeah. I've been here my whole life. I'm taking credit for the city. So yeah. you guys have... Uh, I just want to introduce a little more about you to the listeners, just in case they don't know. Neil, who is sitting on the far left there, Neil was, they call you the seventh python, is that true? Well, it sort of is, but I think Carol Cleveland has more right to be the seventh python, so I'm the second seventh python. (laughs) So is that the 49th? No, that wouldn't be square, that would be eighth then. Also the third Bob Dylan, because Bob himself has now become the eighth Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) It gets confusing. Now if you've seen the Ruddles, you you have seen Neil. He is my favorite character in the, uh, in the film. Nasty. You don't seem that nasty, though, i got to be honest. I think that was one of Eric's little jokes. <laughs> yeah, <was> a stretch. <laughs> you know, I saw an interview with Eric recently, and he said that uh, when it was time to do the movie, uh, somebody asked him if he was going to write the music, and he said, no, I just called Neil and said, I need 12 Beatles songs. <laughs> yeah. Is that pretty much what had happened? Well, sort of. But, I mean, it goes back to Eric and I doing a show together. He was, it was his show. He wanted to call it Rutland Weekend Television. Rutland is the smallest county in England. Okay. And so it would have the smallest television station, therefore the smallest budget. Mm. And it suited BBC Two to make a cheap TV show with a sort of, you know, raison d'etre. So uh, my job was to come up with cheap musical items. So I said, why don't we do a parody of A Hard Day's Night? Four guys in wigs Mm -hmm. and tight trousers running around a field, speeded up in black and white. And he said, that's great. I've got a, an idea for a documentary maker who's so dull the camera runs away from him. 
and, uh, this, and this, this turned up on Saturday Night Live and, uh, and then the rest is kind of history because some, I think it was the original promoter wanted to get the Beatles together again yes it was and they uh, were offering millions of dollars to kill a whale or something no he offered if I remember right he offered $3,500 no because that was no, no, the, the joke yeah, yeah right Lawn right Chicago boy or Canadian he had $3,000 and that was the union rate for four musicians on Saturday Night that's what it was, yes. You guys, are, to George. you guys are getting nothing, by the <laughs> no, way, from yeah, us. We know. No. <laughs> well, I could keep going. Yeah. If you want to listen to it, it's uh, Minutia Men episode number 162. After we talked to Neil Innes there, we talked to Denny Lane. And we also talked to uh, Mark Hudson uh, of the Hudson Brothers. So that was, I thought, one of our that better was fun. ones. That was, one, you know, that was a really great memory. And I loved, they sang Can't Buy Me Love. It was great. Yeah. It was really... Yeah, and, and also we should thank Tony Lasana because yeah, he was the one that suggested us as fill-ins for Bob mm-hmm. Surratt that day. And that was a big thrill for us to be on. And Did you say it was 17? Yeah, it was five years ago. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right, so we still have a lot more show. Uh, Dave, uh, do you have any other stories? So you, you? you haven't had a quote-unquote real job for what? 12 years, 10 years? Uh, more like 15 years. So 15 yeah. years. And you're pushing 60? Uh, I'm so... Far away from sixty, I can barely see it from here. But, uh, so you're basically unemployable. Um, yeah, that's such a <laughs> harsh way of saying uh, yes, I am. Well, you know. no, you're not, because I yeah. got a great opportunity. Oh, for you. fantastic! Okay. New York City is looking for someone to be the Big Apple's new rat czar. Oh my god! At a hundred and seventy grand a year, I could do not that. bad. I not could bad. do that. Now, granted, New York City's. 170 yeah, grand is like studio 60, 16 bucks an hour. But New York City Mayor Eric Adams posted this week on Twitter, there's nothing I hate more than rats. I'm kind of with him. Yeah. Uh, if you have the drive, determination, and killer instinct needed to fight New York City's relentless rat population, then your dream job awaits. Okay. Formerly known as the Director of Rodent Mitigation, the high visibility leadership role requires, and this is absolutely just describes you okay stamina yeah. and stagecraft oh. yeah okay um the ideal candidate is highly motivated okay. and somewhat bloodthirsty oh kind of yours i'm german and in a, sub- a subsequent you rats must be quiet <laughs> no ventilator for that rat and in a subsequent tweet uh, mary adams also added they need to have a swashbuckling uh attitude crafty humor and a general aura of badassery Ooh. That is you. Oh, my God. Swashbuckle. When yeah. I hear the word swashbuckler. If I had a business card, that's what it would swashbuckler. say. Swashbuckler. Yes. Wow. So um, fire up your resume on a nice piece of pewter hopper, 100% cotton rag or something, yeah. and send it to the New York City Mayor Eric Adams for the role of Director of Rodent Mitigation. I've actually already prepared a speech. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. All right. Here we go. The goose was right. This fair is a rat's paradise. Bye-bye, my humble Wilbur. Fare thee well, Charlotte, you old schemer. This will be a night to remember. There is a veritable smorgasbord, orgasbord, orgasbord, after the crowds have ceased. Each night when the lights go out, it can't be found on the ground all around. Oh, what a rat feast. What? Name the movie. 
Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web. And Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Yeah, Paul Lind. The immortal. De- so he's dead that I don't. we don't have to worry about getting sued. Oh, yeah, he's been dead for yeah. years. He died in... Did he die in Chicago? He... There's some Northwestern he died connection. In the 80s, I think. But there's some Northwestern University connection. Either he was speaking or something around that. I don't remember. I don't but know. But there's Paul Lind, I think, had some. You know, I used to listen to uh, Gilbert Gottfried's podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. And Gilbert Gottfried passed away last year. All right. And he was, he was obsessed with Paul Lind. Oh, really? Uh, because he had heard that Paul Lind was anti Semitic. So whenever he got a guest on the show that knew Paul Lind, his first question was like, did, did hit- Paul Lind hate the Jews? <laughs> and they all said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally did. <laughs> hey, so that kind of ruins kind of, the whole right. Paul Lind thing for yeah. me a little yeah. bit. But uh, I loved him on Bewitched. Oh, yeah. I mean, At Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Are you kidding me? All right. I have a story for he you. He was too. dirty, wasn't he? He was the guy who would always have the dirty remarks, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was living a difficult life, you know, as a closeted gay man in yeah. a time when, you know, and a, what is uh, what is worse, being a closeted gay man or an anti-Semite in Hollywood? <laughs> right. That's uh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it was probably worse to be an anti <laughs> anti-Semite in Hollywood. Anyway, um, this is a story that uh, I, I makes us feel younger right away. Would you like to feel younger now yeah. that you've pointed yeah. out I'm old and unemployable? Hmm. Um, there's a, somebody living on St. Helena in South Atlantic that is older than us. No. Jonathan the tortoise. Wait, is it Jonathan the tortoise like French or the tortoise? Jonathan is a tortoise. Okay. Okay. Jonathan the tortoise celebrated his 190th birthday this week. He extended his run as the longest living animal in the world. Can you imagine how much ear hair that the tortoise probably has? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, he first arrived in his current home on the island of St. Helena in the South Atlantic in 1882. Wow. And he was already 50 years old at that time. Um, How many Cubs World Series has he witnessed? (laughs) Two. You know the person that greeted him at the dock in 1882? Keith Richards. It's true. (laughs) Despite his long life... He only gained international attention in 2008 when The Independent reported on his then remarkable age of 176, mm-hmm. you know, which is yeah. nothing now. Yeah. Uh, locals speculated as to why Jonathan has lived so long, exceeding the expected life of his breed, the, Se- the Seychelles giant tortoise, that, which is 150 years mm-hmm. old. He's 190. Yeah. And you know why they think that is? Keith Richards. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan was five years old um, when Queen Victoria, Britain's second longest reigning monarch, took the throne. Yeah. He was he was five yeah. when she became the queen. Yeah, right. She was queen for like 90 years or something like that. He outlived uh, both world wars. He's older than the first photograph. Wow. Okay. There were no photographs sure. in 1832. He, he grew up during the Andrew Jackson presidency. <laughs> he was born. During the Andrew Jackson. So presidency. when was he born? What year? So 1832. Oh, so Civil War. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's only one living thing on earth that is older than Jonathan. Let me guess. Keith Richards. Keith Richards. Oh, that's right. All right. Uh, we have another feature. Would you like to know what this one is called? Uh, sure. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, celebrity celebrity Potpourri, Potpourri, I believe it is. Yes. Here we go. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. 
Uh, here comes uh, an email from Janet, hmm. uh, a female. Hmm. Um, and this one's about Keith Richards. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, she is. Uh, she has reached us through um, my uh, Instagram okay. account. Oh. And my personal Instagram. Oh. Not my... You Not mean the Minutia Men Instagram account? Yeah, we Which, have two. The Minutia Men Podcast uh, Instagram account is out there. I think it's called Minutia Men Official. Mm-hmm. Janet, Which was spelled Ophicle for a while. Right? Yeah, it was spelled incorrectly, <laughs> thanks to my son, Sean. <laughs> anyway, there's so many ways to get a hold of us. Sure. You can get, get this through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter yeah, right. and wherever. Uh, this is uh, from Janet. She's a server at a restaurant in Chicago. Even though we are downtown your magnificent mile, we don't often get celebrities in the restaurant. A few years ago, we had one, though, and I was lucky enough to serve him. It was Brian Cranston. Oh, God. The that, guy from Breaking oh, Bad. Oh, that would be great. At first, I tried to pretend like I didn't recognize him, and I just took his order. Don't ask what he ordered. I've told this story so many times, and everyone always asks me what he ordered. I'm so pissed I can't remember what he ordered. <laughs> <clears throat> when I brought his dish to him, though... I made a terrible joke about the law no longer looking for him. Yeah, okay, sure. The smile on his face disappeared, and he gave me that Walter White stare for a second or two. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> then he broke into a smile. Yeah, yeah. He signed the menu for me. I still have it, and that's the reason I'm not naming the restaurant. Don't want to get in trouble for stealing the signed menu. I wish he would have circled what he ordered so the story was better. I'm so pissed I can't remember what he ordered. I can tell you, though, he was a very generous tipper. Good. That's great. Well, he made so much money selling meth. I mean, at the end of the show, he had a, he had a skid of money. So, so thank you, Janet. Yeah, send us your stories. I like that one. That's a local Chicago one. We haven't had one of those in a while. And, Janet, if you still work at that place, you know, a gift certificate Wouldn't for a... Wouldn't kill you. <laughs> Wouldn't kill you. you, you, you know, now that I, we know your secret... <laughs> No, right. We are going to totally, yeah. We need a certificate or yeah, your Or your boss knows that menu is in your house. Uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H-Shows.com. We're distributed by Keith Richards. Uh, no, actually. Darla the crochet lady. <laughs> Dave's fake heart attack. <laughs> Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Man. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. Radio Misfits.com.